me your ears. <laughs> this nation will rise up. Welcome to the Elemental Health Podcast. Sustainable fitness model. Oh, there, yes. This is one that you mentioned the other day, and I was like, oh, I'd love to get into that. And we were talking about mantras, and we were talking about, and so I, you, you know, I went through mine as, as as the guest on the podcast at the time, and then I asked you if you had any for yourself, you, and then the one that you came up with, which was, I, you know, I, I, I fall back on, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you did, uh, I think you said, um, if you can't do it forever, don't bother. <laughs> now... I'd like to hear it again from you because I've probably um, bastardized it. But yeah. um, can you fill me in on that? Can you? I can. I can. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll ping it back to you. So, yeah. So um, we, we spoke briefly about this. But my, my, the pillars of my coaching, and, and I've got it written on my website. So uh, SAP is the acronym, Sustainable, Actionable, and Progressive. So I'm just going to talk about the first one, which is linked to not direct linked to generational health. So role modeling, amazing fitness and health habits that your children will then see as a role model, which I truly believe is the only really way we, we can't teach people things. We know children don't listen. They see. Um, so the focus around sustainability and, and yeah, so that, that statement is don't do it once. If you can't do it for the rest of your life is a very broad kind of hook <laughs> to I guess, to kind of polarize it in a way. Um, but there's nuance, of course. Um, the point to that is have a, a strategy, a system in place that you can repeat over time that will move you towards your destination. Okay, so, and I, I'm always talking to buy into the process, not the goal. So buy into a process that you can ultimately, maybe not on day one, but ultimately you can start to enjoy and then, start to build on and, and really have a process that embeds as a very strong habit in your life an anchor um i think uh, as it's a as a, a, a book um called power of habits and, and he talks about a lot of the research and they call these keystone anchors so if you're able to have a, a, a health fitness related keystone anchor you the chance of you being successful is much much higher so anyone who wants to be successful or not be unsuccessful with their health and fitness or, or <laughs> habits then you need yeah. keystone habits and and fitness is is probably the most powerful one you can have that's going to propel you forward so for me it's about having a, a sustainable pattern in your routine that you're able to repeat over time what does that mean that means it's not degrading your health and fitness so if you just ran potentially Okay, potentially that might lead to problems when you get older, longevity, health, aches and pains, etc. So just doing that alone wouldn't tick the box of a sustainable strategy um, because if you did it once, you can't do that for the rest of your life, not without other things going on there. So you need to think about that slightly differently. And I guess this is where the nuance comes in. Um, I think where kind of you might disagree is this... Um, is it's not really nuanced, but is medicinal versus dietary. So there is a there is a, always going to be a case where you're going to need some sort of prescriptive uh, change that's going to be shorter term that isn't going to feed into a sustainable plan. Uh, accepted, but but I guess I, I'm not coming at it from that angle. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's 
now you mentioning me thinking about it in a clinical sense is making me feel like I'm now putting something in in the last bit that makes me sound like I'm out of my lane because I I am not a clinician. <laughs> um, I think well, I'm the reason I'm, the reason I picked it as a topic to talk about is because I think you know, when we were talking about mantras and that can't be nuanced because it has to grab somebody and it has to be a launch pad for you to be able to talk about the importance of context and that nuance and what it actually, you know, what's the small print under that. And the reason I picked up on it is because I think in your shorter explanation last time, you, um, you brought up keto. Somebody comes to you and says, oh, I want to do a ketogenic diet. That's the type of diet guys, um, that Nick hates. And, uh, and you, <laughs> and so you said, if, you know, can you do it forever? No. So don't bother. Um, again, I probably am paraphrasing and that is where I wanted to sort of jump in and say, well, perhaps what Nick is saying is actually this idea of this pursuit of trying to improve, maintain uh, your health and get it going in the right direction, prioritize it in a different way, however you, however you want to phrase it, probably can't be exclusive of different tools that you might use at different times. So like the way that I train now is different to the way that I trained when I was 20. Does that mean that when I was 20, I shouldn't have trained that way because I couldn't do it forever or accepting because of the nuance that things do change? And therefore, if you are going to do a diet, something like keto, even though you can't do it forever, should we shut that door on somebody because, but, but knowing actually they may start there and we could coach them through an exit strategy of that particular protocol and then get them onto something else. So the trajectory is still one of improving their health, particularly if they were doing the ketogenic diet in order to elicit, um, calorie deficit and then they've lost weight health markers have gone up but then we move them on to a more sustainable model do we shut the door to that to them straight away because they can't do it to ever to it to ever forever i, I, I are you using keto because that's a pattern that you follow do i use that protocol myself yeah, absolutely yeah. not no no, no. I, I just wondered no, like... but it just came up in the last podcast yeah, i was no. on you use you use that but i mean look I, I, again, I have said these things. I have used that term, strong language to sort of get my point across. Now I would, I'm in a position where I can go back on it and say, yes, that's a powerful statement to make, but on the other side, have we shut the door on somebody there on a completely legitimate and appropriate protocol for them right now that we could move them on of? Because I mean, I've tried lots of different things. I've tried lots of different ways of eating and, and training. And so that if we're allowing change there, why wouldn't we allow change in other areas? Yeah, I, I would say the chat, there's a, I think there's a specific challenge with this around nutrition, because I think nutrition is such a big psychological game and habitual like routine thing that we like associate so much comfort and enjoyment with culturally um, and personally and it's an emotional tie to that um, I think from that perspective then I would probably be more more 
more down the line of this is going to be the case like find a pattern of eating that you can sustain forever like that that for, for, for nutrition i'd probably be more in that camp versus kind of like maybe fitness uh if it was specific to a sport or something that's trying to get them to the to the point where they need to be in in the shorter term yeah i, I think i think it's i think it's a, it's it's a bit of a minefield to be honest with you and that's why i, I think i struggle struggle to explain my thinking now because yeah well, I think I want to say that I think it's a perfectly good maxim and mantra to have because it gets people talking. We're talking about it right now. And if somebody needs, and I'm sort of baiting you a little bit into, in the sense, but, but people do need to, I think it's important for people to understand, like to hear to people that have, uh, you know, have made this their careers talking about the nuance and the context of things, because yeah, slogans don't you know, slogans get people through the door and they can, and they start conversations, but that's where the coaching happens. Yeah. I would, I would say again, like, it doesn't matter about the diet. If somebody needs to lose weight, then you would, they, in order to do that, they need to, they need to establish a calorie deficit. Now they can do that too. One of two ways, right? They can do it by, or, or a combination of both or all three, you know, they can increase output and they can decrease input and that creates it. But we, once, once they hit their target weight, we don't want them to be in a calorie deficit anymore, regardless of the strategy and the protocol they use, keto, name another diet. Um, so we don't want them to be in a calorie deficit forever. And so that kind of, I mean, that directly challenges what you're saying. Well, you, you know, if you can't do it forever, but you, you wouldn't want somebody in a calorie deficit forever. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a good challenge. <laughs> but, 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 but I think, but I think what you're saying, you know, that's me just like picking it. There are holes in everything that, you know, like even in the three things that I gave in the last podcast, people would tear that apart. And that's not, that's not the idea here, but it is, it's, is to, I think, you know, for the people who are listening to this, that might be coaches is to say that is to understand the nuance underneath those little short bits that we give people and understand the power that they could have and the doors that they could either open or close to somebody if we repeat them too much and don't give enough time to talking about the context or the nuance that, that lies underneath. Mm. Um, because, you know, that's, you know, going back to the Dunning-Kruger thing, when somebody, you might start a conversation with a new client, maybe you're onboarding them and you've tried to get a feel of where their knowledge is, they might give you like the very they might give you like the buzzwords of four or five diets and that is so ingrained in them that it's very hard to budge them doesn't matter how much context or nuance you give them um because because those slogans and 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 phrases can be so powerful yep i think yeah and and like we, with the rabbit hole of nutrition is, is going to be kept for another podcast don't worry people but um <laughs> yeah, but yeah and, and that's that's the case isn't it i think and so it's and that's a i think problem with the world we live in now where you know these kind of like big hooks is what draws people in which i get that's how the, our, our brains are wired but then people um people the way I describe it, so the, 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 I've thought about this, the way I describe it, so you see like, I don't know, like the James Smith's world saying it only matters is calories in, calories out. And then you see, I don't know, like um, uh, Thomas Lara talked about keto and, and fasting and, and like they're both shouting from the mountaintop and they're both right in context, but they're talking past each other and we're caught in the middle 
thinking that they're fighting over the same point because that's the appearance, but actually they're completely talking past each other. Um, and probably they would agree on lots of things. For well, it. there's a, yeah, there's, there's, de there's, there's definitely a lot of that. There's yeah. definitely a lot of that. Yeah, man. Uh, on, on that note, <laughs> on that note, um, I'm going to be completely honest. Like I don't hate keto. You don't have to appease them. You don't have to appease them. No, no, no. I'm not appeasing the audience. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I spend a lot of time. Some people, they've already turned off anyway. So I spend a lot of time guys. failing at keto and, and trying to, to be on a high fat diet and experimenting that. And like, to be honest with you, breaking like, your own rule. Oh, this, yeah, but it's a learning process, right? And this is 10 years ago now. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm this is a reformed charity. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Um, and I've moved massively away from that and to the benefits of like muscle gain and, and kind of energy and, and kind of also just sustainability, which I guess is why I've got this pillar. <laughs> but, but, um, and I will do some content around this. So, uric acid has been a big focus of what I've been looking into on a personal level quite recently. Um, my my family, I've got a um, familial um, hypercholist and a hyperuremia, uh, whatever it is, um, which means your uric acid is higher than normal. Now, previously, most of medicine would not bother about that unless you had gout, and they'd be like, oh, we've got gout, we'll treat gout. However, there have been a lot of links to a lot of chronic. Uh, illnesses so i've been paying close attention to it and my father has it bad my brother has it pretty bad i've never had a symptom in my life so i started testing and i'm quite high anyway the research i've done limited research is a high fat low carbohydrate diet is a good solution because uric acid is 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 uh, produced in the body to to break down fructose and, and carbohydrates a uh, fructose just generated from carbohydrates so, mm. so i'm kind of screwed on that one mate <laughs> well, I mean, just when you, yeah, I mean, go right back before we get to this, this last question, which hopefully is, is a bit lighter, um, is when you started talking about uric acid, I had that feeling in my, my stomach, which mean, which said to me, Matt, don't say anything about this because you don't know anything about it. So shut up, <laughs> stay in your lane, let the man speak. Um, um, if asked a question, bring it back to, are you eating lots of vegetables? And then that's it. That's all you should say, because yeah. you don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but I think, yeah. And, and that's, that's to my point really is like, I, I think we, you've got to, you've got to throw your hat in the ring, not from a professional perspective, but willing to have chats about these things and look into them um, and, and be the, be the, um, the advocate of your own health. I think, I think that's probably my biggest message um, over the last five years of coaching and fitness. Um, well, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that earlier about um, wanting to promote people to um, take control or take take an interest and take control of their own health, and before they get to you know the stage where they're at a doctor, which is a very much like you're already in a mess, but let's treat the mess. Let's there's but we there is an opportunity for practitioners like us, but also, but it starts with our own health to be the first line of defense. And that starts with doing your own research, which has become a bit of a dirty phrase in its own thing. If you spend any time on the internet, it's like, do the research. <laughs> um, people really getting angry at each other, but that's where it starts. And you've, you know, you've, you've had some time and, and, and you've done that. And then you may continue to do that. You may test a few things. 
but then you may reach a level where you're like, you know what, actually the research and the, the research of the research, but then also just the research around the topic has brought me to a position where I can now ask or know who to ask to speed up that learning process. Or maybe it's time to, you know, be in a room with somebody that is maybe an expert on that or it's, it's, and therefore, but that's, that, that's the right thing to do, right? Mm. That's you staying in your lane, but then also, you know, doing a little bit, staying in your lane, going to then <clears throat> seek help to accelerate your knowledge, or maybe just to, you know, have somebody else in the room to talk to you about that kind of thing specifically, because you can't talk to me about it. Cause I just told you, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's, so it's just a great example of what you were saying, you know, but it starts with you and you're taking control of your own you know, your own health. And, and, and here's, here's kind of like the, 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 the sucker punch or the right hook from my perspective is like, take responsibility by having objective measures and having that aspect of what's in your head, not just listening passively to what people are saying, whether that be online, whether that be actual experts face to face or, or someone who knows more than you is like, you need to be scoring what you're hearing, what you're listening, what you're seeing against an objective measure that's meaningful for you. Um, and this goes to like a lot of the process work that I've done before and, and a lot of the, the sort of kind of like, I guess, business coaching stuff, but, um, it's, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, great. What are you measuring? Like how, how does what this, what the Matt Strong expert tell me meet my uh, objective measure, not my emotional response? Cause that's, that's where people just go massively. Right. You sound like my mate, Betty, he loves a measurement. I'm more of a field guy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, um, and a long, yeah, probably for a different podcast, but yes, I, I agree. It's not, that's not something that I'm, <clears throat> I'm very good at is it's a is objective measures um outside of you know putting more weight on the bar um but yeah i mean i agree with it i agree i, I agree we can do all the research you want and you can get all the opinions that you want but you have to if it's stopping you from action yeah there we go yeah there you go cool um, 